the window had been busted out and our gear, part of our gear had been stolen. Uh, there's nowhere to play up here at all. I'm sitting there kind of by myself, like waiting for my marriage. And, and the mirrors, like they, the mirrors kind of like spin open like 90 degrees, like they kind of rotate open. And all these women in sexy lingerie can come walking out from behind the mirrors. I'm just well, going to throw this out there that it almost sounded like you were kind of the dark side sometimes of the scene. Just when I parted ways with monuments and so it was a really, really desperate time of my life. At the end of it, our bass player told us, like, he just looked at us and was like, yeah, this is my last show. So, like, basically back to the beast era. Dealing with this alcohol intake and we're at a Christian festival and we're supposed to be a Christian band. I was kind of like, man, this, this sucks. This is not a good look. Welcome back to Dark Side of the Scene. I am Brandon. I'm Ed. And we're here to bring you happy times. Actually, like, now that you talk about happy times and I have to listen to some of these, I need to, like, <laughs> tone it down on the cussing because it makes me seem less intelligent than I already am not. So <laughs> I do kind of go back and listen and then I shake my head sometimes because I think we sound dumb. I definitely sound dumb, and I've been tell- telling you that for a while. Like, I need to... So yeah. from this moment on, audience, we're going to strive to sound more intelligent. Or I should laugh less for no reason. Like, I don't know why. I got, like, this nervous giggle going on. Sometimes it's... I behave myself, but then I'm like, why am I laughing constantly? <laughs> I, I have noticed you do laugh, but I always just assume you're a happy person. It's okay to laugh. I guess it's just overly laughing. Like, should that even be that funny? I don't know. I just anyone out there yeah. that is a musician listening to this understands what we're talking about because you're usually always critical of yourself when you go back and listen to things that you've recorded. Yeah. At least I am. Yeah. I mean, there's so, some where I'm actually like, man, I pulled that off good. But then others, I'm like, I don't sound very smart. And I don't think I'm very smart to begin with, but that does not help. We always just uh, wing it around these parts. Actually, I have a something funny. It's also rant about. It's not even a rant. I have a, a friend who's been giving me like musical gear. I'm not gonna say who, obviously, but like they gave me like some practice amps. And as a guitarist, you get like free shit randomly. It's pretty cool. But she was saying something about. Because I, I had asked the person, like, you got any more stuff? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get, like, a, a, a beginner guitar for when I start giving lessons. I don't want to, like, use my expensive stuff. And I go, you got any more uh, gear in that basement of yours? And they're like, no, I'm getting divorced, so I'm selling my uh, significant other stuff that they left over. Because apparently they ended up with the cat and they gave the cat, that person's cat away. I'm like, wow. Jesus fucking Christ, that's fucking mean. Yeah. Like, I would kill that mf because, you know, that's an animal. You don't give away an animal. But again, I'm not saying who. It was just interesting how, like... People... Get... Yeah. People take the animal stuff like they do children and they use that as leverage. All right, like, 
you know, just, just spiteful things. And then they get assholes that'll go out there and deliberately hurt or have it put down or straight up oh. kill themselves. Like, that's just a fucking evil person. Well, but they're out there. Yeah. So, like I said, I, I might get some more free gear coming my way because of somebody's fuck up. So, that's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know if that's a really a rant or something, but like, you know, times are tough. You know, you just take free stuff as you can get it. <laughs> mm. I don't. Times are tough. That's why I had to do an episode recently without you because you had to be out there making that side hustle money. Yeah, I hope that episode turned out well. I mean, it's I cool it that I, I, it probably turned out better because you didn't have me like laughing stupidly or putting the topics to something else unrelated. <laughs> Now, we talked about some stuff that wasn't really related either, but it happens. That's all but right. So, yeah, it's good to have some variety. Yeah, right. I don't think I could do this without you. I'd be like, I'd piss myself and no one would see that because I don't have the camera on. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that terrible. I interview all sorts of people, apparently, on my other ones. So, oh, yeah, it's true. Very no, true. Going solo is, uh, I was doing that before we ventured into this well, territory. Yeah, well, you let them talk. I mean, you ask the questions afterward, but like, you know, that's their story to share. So that's why I'm saying, like, maybe I should talk less and let the person talk instead of giggling at every dumb thing that I say. <laughs> like now. That's <laughs> because he just did it. <laughs> we could turn this into a drinking game. Maybe I should be drinking it, probably laugh less. Anyone that wants to play the drinking game, anytime you hear Ed laugh, you have to take one shot. Oh my god, that would be You'd be drunk in the next ten minutes. Yeah. And it's usually a school night when we have these episodes, so I don't recommend it. Well, they don't hear them on school nights. They can listen to them during work. Have to take oh, shots at work. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Anyways, you would like to be on Dark Side of the Scene. And talk to a couple jackasses. You can send an email to Brandon at darksideofthescene.com and we will get you scheduled on a future episode. We are probably not sure the exact number, but I think we're like 40 episodes deep now. Damn. It's crazy to think we've done that many episodes already. It's only been what, like a couple months? Yeah, we we're probably overachievers, maybe. I think we're in like 40-something episodes, and we've only been doing this consistently now for like a little over three months. So that's a lot of a lot of work. A lot of talking. Yes. <laughs> but on that note, we're going to bring our guests on in so that they can do some talking. So hang tight, and we'll be back in just one second. like to take this time to welcome our guest ryan to the show ryan thanks for coming out and talking with ed and i hey uh great to meet y'all brandon great to meet you ed thanks ryan nice to meet you too <laughs> hell yeah ryan was cool enough to change his photo so Ed didn't get to see what he looked like so ed can, can still play oh, can, his game i can look now yeah you can look i've been staring <laughs> the fuck am i looking at oh well anyway <laughs> brian basically turned into a bush that's cool I think it's a rock. Oh. 
We don't have to cover that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like a rocky background. I just zoomed in on the photo that was there so you couldn't Sweet. see. Sweet. All right. Yeah, most of the audience by now know what the game is because I think their last episode actually said, from now on, I'm going to try to guess what each guest looks like by the voice and yeah. mannerisms, mannerisms, even though I can't see them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was the episode that just came out. The purpose of guessing what we look yeah. like if you could see us, right? Yeah, oh, okay. Exactly. So how long have you been playing, Ryan? And what's your uh, instrument? Or uh, so I, I don't know. I've been playing music for like 20 or so years, maybe a little bit over that. Um, primarily, uh, I'm a vocalist. So for my band Royal Hearts, I'm a singer, screamer, you know, do all that stuff. But I also um, learned other instruments growing up. I do a lot of the guitar work on our recorded singles for Royal Hearts too, a lot of the bass work. So I, I know a little bit about each instrument. I'm probably not like the best at any of them, but, you know, I do what I do and I have fun. Yeah, it helps to, you know, be a vocalist and actually play an instrument versus one that can't. Absolutely, yeah. So like, I, yeah, I mean, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I was gonna say. I remember like growing up through like my teens when I only knew how to play percussion. I knew how to play drums, and then I wanted to be, you know, a singer. I couldn't articulate like notes and things like that to kind of like come up with chord progressions and ideas. So learning the other instruments as I got older certainly helped with uh, kind of expressing that sort of stuff makes no that completely makes sense so where are you based out of uh i live in jacksonville florida our band is based out of fort lauderdale which is the opposite end of the state though so mm. you know about five hours between me and the rest of the guys but we are a florida band so wow. florida yeah i've been to jacksonville like one time <laughs> it's a friend's wedding and it was in july and that oh, that's, weather. A, that's a rough time to be in yeah especially from indiana and like us for me from being in indiana and like feeling that whole humidity and then like the sun i'm like what is this yeah toxic, toxic sky <laughs> it's uh it's actually much worse in south florida because it's even more humid so like where i'm where i'm <laughs> from south florida uh, during the summer, if you are not like actively inside of a body of water, like a pool or in the beach, like stay the hell inside. Mm. I have a funny for it, funny Jacksonville, Florida story, which I'll talk about later. But it's okay. mostly about you. But this show is mostly <laughs> about you. Um, so how's the scene there? You know, um, for the last two, so I've been here since uh 2021, about summer. So it's been about two years that I've been up here. Uh, when I moved up here, I didn't know anybody. So I just kind of actively explored all of the different venues. And there were about like seven or eight or six or seven different spots that I could kind of go to and catch a show or, or some sort of live music that night. It was really bumping for a while. Uh, something happened. There was some sort of shift in uh, kind of like the venues. One of them closed down and it was kind of like the hub for a lot of like hardcore music. Mm. So there was kind of an empty space for a while, but there's a, a few more uh, DIY spots that are just now kind of popping up that I haven't been able to check out yet. But if I, you know, look around town, there's usually something going on like once every other day, at least. Nice. Well, so it's, so it's you, pretty decent. It's pretty so, decent. So why'd you move there? I mean, did because you, um, you know you say your band somewhere else. Were, were you with your band and then you moved to? Jackson, yeah though. so so yeah i uh we started the band at the tail end of 2018 in south florida after okay. um after my wife and i got married and uh dealt with the beast for a little bit we decided we wanted to uh buy a home 
And uh, she had some family that lives up in Jacksonville. So we decided to look up this way and we bought a house and it's pretty nice. Except for July because it's humid. Right. And so basically you separated yourself from your band. I did. I did. It was a it was a certainly a difficult decision and one that we like had a very lengthy discussion about like how everything was going to go with me moving to the opposite end of the state. Mm. But uh, it kind of helped us. I know it sounds counterintuitive, but being on the opposite end of the state and allowing me to network up here has kind of created a second hometown for our band. Mm. So we have a hometown in Fort Lauderdale where we're out of, but then we also kind of have a hometown crowd up in Jacksonville at this point because we've been trading shows back and forth for the last two or so years me going down for gigs and co- them coming up for gigs. That makes sense. Wow. That's a still, well, so like, how do you practice? Like you just kind of do, see, I'm trying to look on the map, like how far that would be. It's about, like, it's, it's five hours. Yeah. You did say that. Yeah. It's, it's five hours. So um, some of the fortunate things is that my role in the band in terms of performing is just the vocalist. And because we have shifted to using, um, uh clicks and in-ear monitoring we are able to consistently practice on our own that way every every couple months or so i go down and we do like a four or five hour rehearsal just to kind of clean things up um but the rest of them down south they'll get together probably like once every few weeks or so just to brush up on on new things or work out transitions and then we just communicate that sort of thing back and forth yeah my uh vocalist should not listen to this podcast because i don't recommend um a long distance <laughs> sort of process well, he's not, well that's funny because he's not he's not long distance but sometimes it's just well i don't need to be practiced but he only lives like i don't know 40 minutes away oh and no it's, like, it, it's certainly <laughs> if if i had lived close even if i had only moved to say two hours away if i was yeah if i was like in orlando where i was only about two hours away from south florida i would certainly be more frequent at rehearsals but right. i mean 10 hours of driving five down five up is no, is, no. is a tough task especially with you know i have my wife up here i have a full-time job so there there's certainly uh restrictions as to when i can go down mm-hmm. but it's certainly important to be there regardless of what your role is in the band it's just in this situation it's not too uh totally feasible um and it's cool that you know, it, it works out that way because, you know, they could have said, well, dude, sorry, we got to let you go, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like... yeah, yeah. That was certainly a, I mean, we really had two options. Uh, I double in the band as not just being the vocalist, but I also do all of the booking, all of the social media, a lot of a lot of the back end stuff. Mm. Um, so we kind of just discussed, like, can this be something that we can make work or do we kind of need to part ways and the the three of us at the time just decided that yeah let's let's do it um it's not gonna it's not gonna stop us and we've actually just seen nothing but growth since i've moved uh i don't know if that's because i moved or if it was just coincidental that it kind of happened at the same time yeah but um no i mean it's been pretty good we've had to turn down some opportunities here and there because uh we we aren't able to travel you know, either they can't travel up this way or I can't travel down that way. So we sometimes miss opportunities, but we make the best of the ones that we do get. So 
let's say what opportunities have you guys been doing do you do, do like the weekend warrior thing or uh how? yeah so um we tried to so last year we were kind of juggling different fill-in guitar players so we played about 12 shows for last year mm. um and our goal was to at least play that many if not more and i think right now we're on pace for about 20 to 25 shows by the end of this year and the the size of some of these shows has definitely scaled up. Uh, last year, we opened up for um, Kane Hill and Afterlife. We also opened up for Emery and Aaron Gillespie. Uh, we opened up for We Came as Romans. We're about to open up for Attila in October. Nice. So I, I would say that we've we've definitely earned some some solid opportunities that we're just looking to capitalize on the best we can. Yeah. You said a fill-in guitarist. So, like, is it just one guitarist, or yeah? So we're on, we only play as a four-piece, uh, mm. and we had let go of our first guitarist at the end of 2021, and for the past 18 or so months, we've kind of rotated through a couple different fill-in guitar players. Uh, how, how right now, that... we're working with our. Go ahead, Sorry. finish your question. How does that work, like? I mean, sometimes I would think it'd be fun to find somebody to fill in if we can't play a show, but that's like almost impossible. And then pride gets in the way of some people that, no, we can't all play unless we're all there. And if you, to me, <laughs> I'm the guitar player. So like if somebody wanted to do it, they could, but uh, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I yeah, mean, we're so basically kind of trapped if like the other one person can't make it. Yeah. So to yeah. answer the first part of the question is we didn't have to convince our other guitar player to have fill-ins because we parted, like we kicked him out. Like it didn't work. Right. Like, we parted. So, but we just needed a fill-in. And fortunately, most of the folks that we found over the past year and a half um, really only wanted to just play, you know, a few, a handful of gigs here and there. They weren't looking to be a part of a band in terms of like decision-making and, and financial obligations. They just wanted to play a couple of shows so that worked but going back to what you were saying um about having fill-ins when someone can't make it i think that's that's really something about like being able to set your ego aside for like the greater good of a project and it really gets i guess it also can depend on which person is being filled in for hmm. if that makes sense no not not that everybody in a group isn't important but some I mean, for a musical group, some people are the personality or identity of the band. So having them be replaced even for a show can seriously change like the perception of that group. I I could actually say that I'll go on a limb here and say that I probably can't be replaced. <laughs> I mean, like, I know I'm laughing at it, but I feel like I'm not the voice or the face of the band, but I seem to be the goofy one anyway, so... Yeah, by, sometimes, by, yes. by all means, if somebody could step up and want to play my stuff in this area, I would let them. But that is the hardest thing to find anybody that would want to play a couple gigs because, you know, basically some people are just lazy. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, that's absolutely true. We had a couple of folks that had reached out to us to fill in and they just kind of never responded once they kind of found out the kind of work that they needed to do. Like our music isn't difficult on guitar um it's it's fairly average in terms of the difficulty like there's some really cool parts but most of it's pretty straightforward so any mm. halfway decent like 
metal or alternative rock or hard rock sort of guitar player could learn it, but do they want it? Is it like, is it something that they vibe with? And if they don't vibe with the music, then they don't even learning. I, I think it'd be fun, you know, just to fill in for a band if they needed it. I mean, that's just like part of being a musician is just being open to things and trying something out just to say you did like, Oh, I played, you know, yeah. you'll have a yeah. lot of people who are just pretty close minded anyway. So it is what it is. It you know? surely is. It surely is. I had another question, but I kind of shit. <laughs> so I guess we'll go back to the, the beast era. So during all that, what did your band do? Like, so like I said, we started at the end of 2018. So we spent most of 2019 writing music, right? Mm-hmm. And towards the end of that year, we had recorded five songs. We were super hyped on. Like, this was our first release. We were going to put out an EP in April of 20. Was that 2020? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We we're going to put it out spring 2020. We were going to do like a couple weekend or five day tours, sorts of stuff. Just kind of the things that we're doing now in terms of travel. So it's the end of March or mid-March. We're getting everything finalized. We're, you know, crossing our T's and dotting our I's. And then all of a sudden, there were no opportunities to play out to promote this EP. So we pushed back the release date towards later in the year. We used that time to um, film some more content. We shot our first music video uh, and we kind of just continued writing music and networking online we did a lot of um research and sort of like followed other bands and saw what they were doing that Mm -hmm. that was finding them success and we tried to do our versions of those types of things like engaging with people online more and just kind of using whatever limited resources were available to us at that time so that way when we were we're able to start playing shows again. More people knew about us because of the work we had been doing online. Mm. Nice. I mean, that's pretty much what a lot of people did just to. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, but, but it... in your case, it's, it's like kind of, it's definitely awkward because again, you live further from the band. So like, did you have to make time to go? Well, I hadn't, this? I hadn't moved yet. Oh, right? uh, I, 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 I pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That's right. I moved, I moved at the, uh, I moved ah. June of 21. So for 18 months, you know, we were sitting with our, you know, twiddling our thumbs, but we were using that time to write new music and work on other things and workshop stuff. And Mm. the same thing that so many other bands were doing Um, certainly wasn't anything unique, but it was the best that we could do with the time that we had. Well, that's good. I mean, that was good that you kept busy. A lot, a lot of bands had just not done anything. They're just like, you know, I certainly have seen some bands in, uh, in my region where they are just now playing their first shows since the beginning of 2020. Wow. And it's three years later and they have not, I, like, I just feel like some of those bands, they, they went dormant for so long that people may have forgotten about them Yeah, or that they just might not find like their groove again. That's so like, crazy because, you know, if I remember correctly, like Florida, Florida was more lenient about the rules. Florida was certainly more lenient. Um, When I moved up prior to me moving up to Jacksonville, we had come up to visit a couple of times because like I said, my wife has family up here and there were certainly parts up here where there were no restrictions. Mm -hmm. Like 
we would we went to a bar we went to like this dockside bar right where people could like pull up in their boat and uh and dock their boat and like get out and you know go eat and whatever and it was like spring break all of the time there people were running around not not even just without masks but like without shirts so like no masks no shirts no it was like they were having a party it was certainly odd and like we exercised caution but as time progressed and we you know took those whatever precautions we felt we needed to take like we started opening up in florida certainly much sooner than everywhere else did that's definitely interesting to hear from a florida person yeah <laughs> i think you're a first florida person actually now that i think about it uh yeah, I looked through yeah. your uh your catalog. Yeah. I I don't think you have another Florida band yet. Yeah, there's a there are a lot to choose from. Like if you guys need some recommendations, I can give you a laundry list. But hey, we're always up for. There's a lot of killer music down here. Yeah, we're always up for different artists just to hear their stories. So um, and so the everybody's got jobs in the band. So how is your job enter interfere with like all your stuff? I mean, is it pretty open? Like if you're out. Oh, like my you're, day job? You're like, yeah, everybody's day job, day job, including. Yeah, no, um, I'm a full-time high school teacher. I teach 12th grade English. So there are long stretches of the school year where I'm not able to travel for more than maybe like a day, like a Friday or a Saturday. Mm. So that's why we kind of focus on doing like these weekend runs mm -hmm. because that's something that I can mostly do, you know, just with notice, uh, but there, there are definitely some limitations that my professional job can put on me as a performer um, when it comes to like some of the content that, you know, some bands can create, right. you know, like um, not that I would ever want to, because it's not really my vibe in general, but like I could never do anything that was like deemed too obscene or too graphic or too violent. Right. right. So like, I know a lot of bands do like these very theatrical music videos you know, like look at bands like uh, like Ice Nine Kills, right, where all of their music videos are basically horror movies. That would be something that I would not be able to do as a teacher because my legal name is attached to it. You know what I mean? No, that makes sense. But, bless your, yeah, bless your heart, though, like putting up with kids, you know, like, <laughs> like being a teacher. Yeah, I mean, it's like hard to be a teacher. Yeah, it's certainly got its challenges. Like there are some some days where it's really tough to kind of get into the classroom and do my thing and there are some days where it's like it's awesome you know i i teach 17 and 18 year old young students and like some of them have really great ideas and some of them are very funny and they're kind of just finding their personalities so like it's it's really cool to see sometimes some of them fucking suck <laughs> yeah, some of them are some of them are just you know they're jerks uh they have attitudes and like they all have their own back i get that but you know i have 150 students if if there's a couple that are that are jerks like that's gonna happen yep yeah well, that's that's good that you still like your job then like yeah yeah, yeah. i'm certainly not in it for the money no i uh now that we're back on the florida thing my uh experience <laughs> i'll tell you a funny story maybe the buildings are still there but I went down there with a friend to a friend's wedding. She lives in Jacksonville. She still does actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was getting married and I had to go visit my friend in Delray beach for like a day. Okay. So I had them drop me off at like one of the rent a car places on a busy strip of road. 
I don't remember which one because when they dropped me off, they had no cars. So I had to walk to an Avis, which I don't know if the Avis is still there. It was in like a mobile home style kind of building by the bridge. I don't know what road this is, right? Yeah, so I, I was going to say, I wish you're I could not narrowing you. it down for me, but I just I'm remember, assuming it was somewhere near downtown. I, it could have been downtown. I just remember I had to walk to a different like car rental place. And like I said, Lord only knows if they're still there because this was like 2008 or nine. <laughs> so it's been a while. Yeah. And I walked yeah, there and, and I waited on the steps of this like car rental place. And then some dude pulls up. He just sits there in his car forever. And there was a note on the door because the office was said like, I'll be back, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I waited and waited. And then the person in the car got in his car and left. And then next thing you know, two cops come. And they're like, hey, do you know where the boss is? I'm like, I'm just here to rent a car. But I don't, it was weird because then like the guy showed up. He was all panicky. He's like, I'm sorry. Oh, man. Uh, what do you need, man? I'm like, I need a car. So I had a shitty Toyota Yaris that had no like, uh, what do you call it? I can't even think of the word now. Uh, <laughs> basically, the car was. I don't know why I can't think of it. You know, cruise, it had no cruise control. I don't know why that was hard to get up. No cruise control. So I had to go all the way like four out, four hours down to Delray Beach in a non cruise controlled car. I know. I, I was going to say, I know that I know that drive because uh, the rest yeah. of the band lives just south of Delray. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I just pictured that because I'm like, I went through all these like cities I've seen or heard of. I'm like, oh my God, I've went through blah, blah, blah. But yeah. man, it was so humid and i told my friend as soon as i got there i need a shower and a best buy because the radio in this damn car sucks yeah so that was my uh, florida experience driving four oh. hours up in there and back and pretty it's wild certainly not a fun experience no so no i have a night but it was pretty cool down there obviously there's a lot of lizards and i try Lots to capture iguanas, yeah. the little 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 lizards i try to capture like a weirdo that i am do they not know. have like lizards where you live Indiana, no, we have like meth heads and rats and, oh. squir- and black squirrels. Oh, that is not entirely true. With the meth heads, that's true. Yes, <laughs> but I do think there are some sort of lizard. Someone actually just sent me a photo of one recently, and I've have seen one. I've what? seen one before too. The lizards. Yes, I will try and figure out. Oh, it's my buddy. I just oh. assume lizards were everywhere. My buddy I, caught one in a mouse trap. It's like a little. I'm assuming it's probably like one of those. I don't know what they call them, newts or something like that. I don't know. I mean, like a. I'll, I'll send hide, you the picture here. In a they second. hide in the mud, right? I mean, that's not the same that's as salamanders. Salamander. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I had a huge one in my basement last summer or two summers ago. I've never heard of this. What the hell? I'll send Basements. you a picture of that thing too. Yeah, he's we, from Florida. We, he don't know what basements are. <laughs> we ain't got we ain't got basements in Florida. Yeah, you don't have you well, have you don't pools. have a southern accent. You sound more like you're from New York. No, yeah, I am actually. I'm born from New York, so yeah, my family's from Staten Island. This is why you don't sound like you're from Florida. Yeah, yeah, I grew up down here. I've I've been living in Florida since I was like three years old. So but... I'm gonna guess what you look like by your okay. voice. You either look like uh, you, you look like probably the guy that was in that movie hereditary like the son 
I don't know what that guy looked. Damn it! I'm gonna look this up. Or the guy from uh, uh the guy from uh the Wonder Years that everybody thought was Marilyn Manson. <laughs> all right, let me see. I'm, I need to look at this up. All right, so hang on. You said I look like the son. The son from the movie Hereditary. I don't. What was the son's name? Ah, uh, shit. This is an is actor. Zachary Arthur is like a little kid. No. It goes. I'm about to say I don't look that young. Oh uh, shit! I'm looking at all of the <laughs> cast right now. I don't. I don't know. Well, let me see. The... Was his name Brendan? I look nothing like that guy. Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf. <laughs> you are very off. <laughs> what about the like? Sun? Honestly, that's a compliment. That guy's that guy's a good looking guy. He's uh, the picture I'm seeing on IMDb. He's got like a like this wavy hair. It's like very styled. Like you know, you don't look like that, that guy. Not at all. What about no, the guy from Wonder? What about the guy from Wonder Years? The guy that looks like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, I don't look like Marilyn Manson. If that's what you're asking. No, 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 no. Just the actor. The Wonder Years uh, from the show. Yeah, you're wrong. He doesn't. Oh man. <laughs> See, I'm did, not good at this. Did, did you just look up what I look like? Oh, Fred Savage. No, the, it was his friend. It was his friend, the one that everyone thought would turn into Marilyn Manson later on in life. But that's not true. He's not Marilyn Manson. But no, you don't. I saw what his photo looked like. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm looking at the cat. I'm looking at just like a cast list right now. Uh, what's his? Uh, one guy on here looks like he could be a serial killer. <laughs> but that's I don't think. It, is it Giovanni <laughs> Ribisi? No, played, Giovanni oh, Ribisi is actually okay. a. The picture, yeah, the picture they have of him up here, though, it looks like he's about to Hannibal Lecter somebody. No, he does look like Hannibal Lecter. Like, no, like, yeah, I've never no, seen. Sorry, no, go. I was gonna say I don't look like Neither any of, of the, any of the things. I totally um, screwed up. Here, I'll show you what I look like. Yeah, so go you, ahead. I know the I know the the listeners aren't gonna see, but you could see me. Oh, there's like no light where I'm at. Just <laughs> kidding. I Way look off. nothing like super off. Way like, off. Super off. Way off. I got a I got a round little Italian face. Well, you sounded Italian, New York, and I'm like, where's this accent coming from? Yeah, no, I certainly don't have a Southern accent. Um, well, South Florida is not even really the South. Like right. geographically, it's South, but culturally, there's so many different like groups of people there, and yeah. there's very seldom like a Southerner. You're not gonna walk into right. like a, a coffee shop in South Florida and have the person be like. Hey y'all, how you doing today? Like, uh, that's that's not really my uh, it, yeah. My friend's uh husband, he's got a southern accent, and they're they're the ones that live in like Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly in Jacksonville, um, there are definitely people that have some very strong, not, not super strong, but definitely noticeable noticeable southern accents. So he showed me the picture of this lizard, and I was like, I've never seen one of these in Indiana. That's creepy. I'm trying to throw it up on the screen and i don't know how to do that so. <laughs> i mean it looks a little scared it looks kind of like a florida lizard but we don't have those oh well anyway back to yeah back anyway to this, back to your story. Anyway, anyway anyway so i guess basically the topic of this whole thing is what are the nightmarish things that your band has faced aside from you know like being separated five hours i mean you make that work in a positive yeah i don't think i don't think that's a nightmare um so i don't know if i don't know how many like nightmarish things i've had take place as part of this band but as a musician i've definitely had some 
very crappy shows or shitty experiences that have happened that I definitely mm. think people would enjoy hearing about sure, because sure. some of them, some of them are just, uh, you know, they could be helpful, but some of them are just, you know, one of them's pretty fucking gross. And uh, I think it's just amusing and how nasty it is, but I'll get to that one in a second. Yeah. Um. So I played a show. This must've been like 10 or so years ago. And, uh, this was back when I was living in South Florida. I was in a different band at the time. Um, that what the show was was like this all day festival in this place called like I think it was called like the area was some Redlands or something. Some independent person was putting on something. It was like a mm. farm, right? Um, and from what I gathered, like everything was going pretty okay throughout the day. Like we had gotten there because even from South Florida to drive to that part of Miami was about an hour and a half drive because it is not close. It was in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so we got there at like 8 PM. We were told we were going on somewhere around 11 PM. Like we weren't the closers. There were still bands slotted to go after us. And it was supposed to be like this all night festival that was going to go on to like three in the morning. So we're like, all right, no big deal. We'll just get there at like eight. That way we're not hanging around all day for no reason. Um, so we get there at like 8 p.m. Uh, we ended up renting renting like a small van for this because we had to bring all of our shit and we wanted to all just drive together. So we spent like, what, a hundred bucks on like a, on one of those like 12 passengers. This is, like I said, like 10 years ago. So mm. we rented it. We drive down. Um, we get there. And then we find out that everything had been pushed back about two hours. So our 11 o'clock slot was now 1 p uh 1 a.m right so it's one o'clock in the morning so at about mm. 12 o'clock at about 12 o'clock we start doing our load in like at this point we're now we're just annoyed because i was like shit i must be home at this point uh so we're setting up we're getting everything all put on and we're dealing with like little technical things nothing big like hey this outlet needs to be moved over here we need an extension cord none of that um but we get set up one o'clock hits and we start playing and we get about two minutes into our set before the fucking cops show up and shut the entire night down and we had no opportunity to sell any sort of merchandise or really network with anybody or you know show anybody like what we sounded like or like what kind of band we were and how how we could maybe use that to create some sort of friends in miami and now we're like breaking down. These cops are like just chilling there watching everybody break fucking down. <laughs> and uh, by the time we get loaded back in the van, it's like 145. Now we're driving back. We didn't get back home till like three o'clock in the morning. Which mm. Would have been fine had we actually been able to like play our set. Right. So like nothing bad happened to us. Like we weren't in trouble. It was just like a super major inconvenience. And I think kind of like the takeaway I got from that is like, don't book shows with people you don't know or have never really kind of spoken to before. Uh, because the person that put that show on, like, I don't think I've ever spoken to that person since then or even before. And I don't even remember how that show even came about. <laughs> I just know that we were stuck in Miami at one forty in the morning, loading our gear back in because the cops shut down the show. Um, that's but that's, a, yeah, that's a tough one because like, yeah, you're trying to make connections, but then like you don't know every you know what it's like every show yeah. that you haven't every show you haven't played is usually a surprise. It might be good, or it might be bad, but you know. Yeah, yeah, if you if you don't know at least one person involved in the show, whether it's another band playing or the promoter or someone from the venue, like 
try and find out as much information as you can because you might need to like back out of that show. Like mm-hmm. another like another example of that is uh, during that same time period, we had booked a show at a local like craft beer place, right? Small spot, maybe maybe fit like 70 people, like a tiny, tiny, tiny room. Um, and the bar show together. And that's like a red flag. If the bar puts the show together and no one at the bar is like a fucking musician or promoter, they're just going to pick three names out of a hat and say, all right, this is the show whether it works well or not. And this is an example of like, it did not fucking work, right? So we were the closer. Um, the opening band was an acoustic, like Americana folk singer, okay, which is fine, right? Eight o'clock, it's early in the night, something to ease people into it, right? <laughs> maybe the next maybe the next band has like some electric guitars and like some drums, like, and then you can ease into something that was a little bit more uh, kind of like high energy. Like we were playing, uh, you know, we were playing like, taking back Sunday type shit, not heavy, but definitely heavy when you compare it to like acoustic folk music. Right. Mm. So the second band comes up, not only did they not bring like electric guitars, they brought like a fucking upright bass and banjos out. So we (laughs) ended up like at the end of the night, we wheel in our, you know, we don't have massive gear, but compared to what everybody just saw, we might as well been wheeling in a, goddamn godzilla right because we've got cabs and we've got a drum set and the second we turn our shit on and do our quick little sound check and again we're not we weren't anything too heavy this is like a similar to like 2000s pop punk music mm-hmm. every single person there walked out Ugh. like <laughs> the place wasn't packed like there wasn't 80 people in there but like there were like 30 or so people and watching them all single file right out the door and they didn't leave they just went outside to like, go smoke to go like, smoke like they to do. go smoke the entirety of our set and just kind of like glance inside staring oh, back and forth man. like it was it's definitely and again like the bar booked it we didn't know who the promoter there wasn't really a promoter like it was just haphazardly thrown did together you get, did you get paid at least i think we got a bar tab and like 50 bucks you know, we didn't travel like it was local to us. Like, oh, OK, like at that point, like we didn't really give a shit. Like <laughs> we were still pretty like new as a band, yeah. like pretty small. So this was still just part of like the grind. But no, it fucking sucked. Like also anybody that says that like bands should play like free shows and not get paid like because it's the grind. That's also stupid. No, that is that is stupid. Sometimes pay, you can't pay performance. You, you can't sometimes you can't control that. Not that they don't want to pay you. It's just like they didn't make much. I mean, I guess a little bit is a little bit. But yeah. Like there, there's, yeah. And like your example of a uh, wrong mix of bands. Like I've Chicago does that sometimes. I remember we played a show. My old band where <laughs> the first band was like a eclectic like folk band. And like the chick had some sort of weird. Uh, she looked like straight out of Zelda, like her outfit. Okay. And she had like a flute. And some sort of thing that she controlled with her feet, like an old instrument. And then the second band was like a pop punk band. If that, I don't even know what they were. And then like, I think the two bands were like metal after that. And I'm like, how does this happen? I mean, I get variety, but sometimes you have to be careful. There's got <laughs> there's got to be a theme or a concept. There has to variety. be. Yeah, yeah. Like you can do like two drastic of say like you could do like a pop punk 
deathcore show if you promote it as something like that right like it's like hey this is a this is pop punk first deathcore night we're gonna have these three bands battle it out with three these three bands like and you make it some sort of event like you can sell shit like that you can figure it out yeah um you can't just take like hey this is a pop punk band this is a grunge band this is a beatles cover band like you can't throw them and be like all right guys have fun because no one's gonna have fun (laughs) no we uh get along pretty well with like some of the trap rap rapper bands where some of them actually start screaming in it now okay. or, or just a rap band in general that's kind of will have like heavy parts but like that works but some yeah. other things it won't you know like like bands like a like a dropout kings or something like that yeah yeah those guys yeah. are pretty tight actually they're playing around here soon oh hell least. yeah i've never seen them and i wouldn't mind opening up for them but they're at some place that one of my band man, band members refuses to play for so there goes that opportunity but whatever <laughs> yeah that's uh that's rough yeah yeah okay so here's the shit story sure we're just i guess we're not i'm not going to segue into it i'm just going to just pivot so about 5 years ago i was in an indie band like indie pop punk band called migrate it was like pretty catchy like sort of like there were some like weedly weedlies there was a lot of fun music it was fun times we uh, decided to go on a 10-day tour. And we did this in the summer. So this is like, what, 2018, late summer 2018. Again, because, you know, me being a teacher and then the singer of that band was also a teacher. So it worked out for the both of us. So the first night went pretty well. We had driven all the way up to, like, Philadelphia and New Jersey. I can't remember where we went to first, but those went great. And we started working our way back down the coast. Once we hit the Carolinas, our next show, or the Virginias, our next show was in um, Middlesburg, Tennessee. So that was about 10 hours west of where we were. Mm. All right, not a big deal. Uh, Like We were going to have to do a long drive at some point during this trip. So we drive all the way out to Middlesburg, Tennessee, where we were told it's like, popping for music because there's not much to do in Middlesburg and all of the college students like come out to shows because there's not much to do. Now that sounds great, right? A bunch of college students needing something to do. So they all come out to shows. Wouldn't you Mm -hmm. say like, that's kind of worth it? Like, Hey, there'll be a hundred. So we uh, forgot one important detail. We did this tour in fucking June and there's no school in June. So there's no fucking students. So we get to this place and it's this tiny little shop that just does like these DIY pop-up shows. And the owner was there and he was like nice. And there was like one or two other people there that were there before the show and like another band or two. And that was it. All three bands played for two people. So we drove 10 hours to play for two people in the middle of nowhere. And we were just going to be crashing with the promoter uh, because they had a place that we could stay at. So now we get to the second half of the story. The promoter afterwards says, hey, I live about 40 minutes away. You guys are more than welcome to crash with me. Hmm. Okay, cool. So we get in the van, drive over to the address, and it's like this row of tiny little like kind of dilapidated townhomes. And uh, we get there before him, so we look very out of place because we're just like, at this point, it's probably like midnight, 1230 in the morning. 
Mm. And we're just parked in this parking lot. And he gets back about 20 minutes after we did. Uh, Crazy how we got there before the person who knows where the fuck he's going. But we got there. Mm. Now, as we're grabbing our our sleeping bags and our backpacks and stuff and walking up to the door of his house, he says, I hope you guys don't mind cats. I have a couple cats. No problem with animals, right? We open the door. Mm. And have you ever played the game Punch Out on the Super Nintendo? Like the super old school game? We like fight Mike Tyson and he just yeah, like clocks little you. Mac, little Mac. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I want you to imagine little Mac's boxing glove punching you across the jaw, right? That's the force in which the smell of cat piss hit us. Oh, shit. It was literally like Mike Tyson's revenge knockout, like right across the jaw, like an anvil to the forehead. Just a big just wall this, of this, fucking ammonia. Oh, yes, ammonia everywhere. So, that was our first red flag that we should have uh, just turned around. But we we were trying to be respectful. Um, we don't want to pass any judgment on anybody. So we, we go into the house. <laughs> now he shows us the sleeping arrangements. Uh, this person has a couch that is made of like that fake suede material that like once it gets wet once, it's like wet forever. Mm-hmm. So it's like slick. It's like slimy. That's one of the beds, right? The other one was a futon that looked perfectly fine. Nothing wrong with it. Maybe a little like beaten down, but not a big deal. And that was it. Like the other two of us were going to be sleeping on the floor. We had sleeping bags, so not a big deal. Mm. One of the members decides to go take a shower because we did just play a show. Like we have been in the car all day and we were all going to jump in the shower at some point. So they go into the shower mm. And about two minutes later, this was like the world's fastest shower. He comes back out and he throws his socks into the garbage. And we're like, throwing your socks away. He's like, go look in the fucking bathtub. And it's covered in like black mold or slime or something that certainly wasn't natural. So he showered in his socks and then threw them away immediately afterwards because <laughs> like they were disgusting. Oh, uh, now it comes to the point of the night where... Our lovely host of the evening says, all right, guys, good night, blah, 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 blah. I'll see you guys in the morning. And mm-hmm. we kind of had this unspoken decision that right after this guy went to sleep, we were probably going to like go sleep out in the van and at least just stay parked there. So we had like somewhere safe to park. Uh, but we were we we're going to be asleep to do it because we didn't want to be rude. Like we had no problem ghosting him, but like we wanted him to at least be asleep before it happened. So he goes, he goes, he goes into his room and we're all trying to settle in. One of the members lays down on that perfectly normal futon that I said that only looked a little dingy and it folded in on them. Yeah. Like it, like a fucking comic, but like a cartoon, like they just, they got into it and were instantly turned into like a fucking hot dog because both sides just folded up like a bun. Right. Oh my God. Then these cats, one of the cats is on like a kitchen counter and like fucking five star frog splashes the one of us that's sleeping on the floor just as cats do yeah <laughs> as cats do right and we're like what we're almost at the point where we're just all fucking laughing because of how absurd it is and then about a minute after our host had gone into his room to go to sleep he comes back out and very nonchalantly says roughly about the fuck says hey guys i don't mean to alarm you but I just found some flea eggs in my bed. And before he finished that fucking sentence, 
all four of us were up. All of our shit was either in our bag or over our shoulder. And we were like, thank you. Have a great night. We're going to go get a hotel. No. (laughs) So then from there, yeah, we get into the car and and, uh, the guitar player decided that he is going to drive two hours east. So that way, when we got a hotel, we could at least be a little bit closer to our destination the next day. But um, I have zero desire ever to return to that city. Um, (laughs) That was an awful, it was the grossest thing I've ever firsthand experienced. Um, Yeah. If someone offers for you to stay with them and you don't know them, like. No, I'd rather drive. Also, don't do that. Yeah, I mean, like, unless they're a friend, because I just not some stranger. Yeah, you got you you got you got to know them. You got to know them. Like, you that got made, like that's that whole story made my screen crawl. Like, bone cats. Yeah. Our cats don't have fleas, but having like I mean, a I have, cat from I have the a, street. As in a couple like neighborhood cats that come come around all the time. They don't have fucking fleas. Uh, like the just the lack of care and like basic hygiene that was exercised in that hellhole of a house um is baffling <laughs> i feel like they shouldn't be not they should not be a promoter they should be like putting their own life together well i told <laughs> you only two, only only two people showed up to the show so i wouldn't really call them a fucking promoter either yeah <laughs> oh wow they are simply just a person who does things those things but as people cats. do and that, yeah. that likes cat oh that i just picture not, the fleet um, i just picture the fleas not, on me now yeah. thanks a lot yeah so enjoy not yeah. sleeping tonight yeah yeah gross um that's certainly the grossest thing uh most of like the 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 seedy things or like the dark things or like the shady things that i've dealt with like certainly aren't any different like what other bands are gonna have done with dealt with like we were offered a spot on a festival last year and we were offered the spot and we were like super gracious. We were like, we would love to accept it. And I was very cautious. And I said, okay, what's the buy on? Because there were some pretty big the festival. So I knew that they weren't just giving out these spots yeah. and the guy like talked down, he, you know, he talked it up. He's like, Oh, you know, it's fairly reasonable, uh, especially to get inside in front of an audience like this audience. And he straight up tells me that it's going to be like $3,500 to play at like 3 p.m. at this festival. (laughs) And he was like, if you want to play later, you can play before this band and it's (laughs) $4,600. Like. Yeah, that's not. No. (laughs) And that's. Yeah, that's 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 grossly taking advantage. I thought maybe he was going to ask for like 500 bucks and honest 500 bucks to play in front of a, a few thousand people like i could i could cost cost to profit ratio like justify that right yeah if i play in front of 500 people right and i can sell i don't know 20 shirts 15 shirts that pays for it you know yeah so cool that's not a big deal but he hits me with an almost four to five thousand dollar buy-on i was like uh well thank you so much for the offer but i think we're gonna have to pass on this opportunity yeah i never understood all that like i mean well they book they book all these 
all these bands that have guarantees, like your headliners, right? So right. Your, your national touring bands, they all have guarantees and um, they're trying to pay them. They have to pay them in advance of the show. Right. And they have to pay for things like the venue and security and all of that. Like I get all of that, but that's supposed to be of the promoter, not mm -hmm. the ask of bands that could potentially draw in more fans. Now, I'm not saying that we could draw a hundred people to a festival, a festival at that time. Uh, but we probably could have brought 40. So if he was selling tickets at, you know, 50 bucks a pop for a festival, 40 times 50, that's what 800 bucks. I don't, yep. I actually don't know how math works. Um, it's certainly more than $50 we could have brought. Yeah. I mean like that yeah. made more, that made more sense. I mean, like we don't really have like, those kind of buy-ins around here we got like ticket sales and i think some people yeah ticket some, sales I... yeah some venues will give you Go like ahead. a small percentage and then others will like if you sell a certain number of them then you get a percentage afterward but yeah i mean that's fair to me as long as you're not buying in yeah my relationship you know? with my relationship sales has, has or i guess my my view of them has changed over the years right like mm -hmm. when i was just starting out and i was dumb as shit like i was like all right cool this is perfect like i just got to sell a couple of tickets and i can play this show awesome and i certainly dealt with some promoters that like if you did not sell they're like hey you need to sell 20 tickets and you sold five and charge you for the other 15 tickets right so like yeah. i would avoid those promoters because that's that's a crappy way of doing it right that's but as uh as I've kind of progressed as a musician, like I've seen some promoters do it in at least a more like acceptable way, at least personally to me, where yeah. they're gonna ask you to sell like 40 tickets. But like at this point, if I can't get 40 people to come out to a show to see us after all of the hard work that we've done with promoting and networking and, and just playing shows, like if I can't get 40 people to come out to see us in a city that we've been in before that we have a community in that I'm doing something wrong my end. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Like we did a show in Fort Lauderdale um, back in February and we put the show on ourselves, right? Our bass player booked the show and he was super excited about it. He put so much hard work into it. And this was the first time I'd ever seen him like try to book an, I don't know if he's done it before, but like for us, this was the first time he's tried to book it and he put like so much thought and care and effort into it. And like, between the five local bands like there were no national bands no touring bands we draw we drew like 360 people into this club that only really fit 350 like fire marshal marsh is coming <laughs> yeah i mean everything went great the show went awesome like this is a hundred percent like a, a celebration story but like that should be something that we can do a couple times a year is have a massive draw like that in our hometown. So if someone's like, Hey, I need you to sell 30 or 40 tickets for the show. Like that should be doable for a band that is promoting and pushing and being active in their community. Like if I sell 39 tickets and he comes after me for the last ticket, I'm going to tell him to fuck off. But like, right. you know, every time we've, we've done these events, like we, for we came as Romans last year, we didn't have to move a single ticket. We weren't asked to because we had shown this promoter like people come out to see us because we have fun and we want to like be part of the community so the community can the community will show up for us. 
that's well that's good that you got that kind of draw like most towns it's kind of hard to get like any kind of participation like that you know like yeah, oh, I, guess it's, it's I mean it's different for other cities too though. yeah well I mean, no like, this is this is not a city thing like this is certainly not something that i'm used to um obviously like over the last 15 or so years of playing in bands i've played many more shows to under than over 200 right I've had many more shows where there's only been 10 people there than I've had shows where there's been over 200 people. But mm -hmm. more, more recently we've just been, we've worked ourselves into these opportunities and we've made friends in like different cities. So like, like I said, I live in Jacksonville, so I have a whole community of people up here that I know that I, I cause like I go out to shows, I see people, I go to like emo nights just to hang out and like meet people and say like, Oh, Hey, you should check out this band as well. You know, I tell people I bartend, right? So I, at the bar that I work at, I tell people about my band because I'll put on like music that I like during the day and they'll come in, they'll talk about it. So like I promote there. Mm. Uh, and then just by playing in cities like Orlando or Ocala or Gainesville or Tampa, like we're building communities in each of these cities. So that way, when we do come back, we know that we're going to have folks show up to hang out with us and like have a good time. Right. And you're, and you're doing your job promoting actually that that reminds me so like if you're the band dad what do you you're the band dad correct basically yeah what how do you like that role you know some people either hate love it or hate it or, or just like it eh. depends on the day <laughs> yeah i think i think like most parents it, it probably depends on the day um i do like having control over a lot of things just because i'm used to always doing and like I plan, I like to plan things out and, you know, take into consideration all of the different like variables and factors into like making some of these decisions. Mm. But, you know, there are certainly some times where it's frustrating because it's not a dictatorship, right? This is still a group effort between myself and the other three. Yeah. So like some days I'll be like, hey, this is what I want us to do. So this is what we're going to do. And they'll push back like they should if they disagree with something, they should push back. Right. They should be like, hey, let's talk about it. But sometimes it can be frustrating because we are all still independent people that have made up our minds on you know certain things. Sometimes seeing eye to eye is, is certainly something that has to be worked out. And it's not always a given. But yeah. I guess in terms of being like band dad and, and having a lot of the responsibility, I'm fine with it. I, I enjoy most of it. Um, I've I've been doing a lot of musical and music community stuff longer than most of the other guys in the group. So I just I have a lot more of a network of people that I know that I can kind of lean on for for help on things. So it's it's fine that they they look to me towards doing these things. Well, that's good because some people don't aren't always. It's like it's different. It's it's basically different views on it because some people want don't want to do it are uncomfortable with doing it or just want the glory but not the work for it and like certainly yeah certainly. No, I, like yeah. i mean how does obviously what's since your band lives somewhere else do they kind of promote themselves too like real well i mean uh they, they they definitely work on promoting in the south florida area they go to they go to shows down there still you know they obviously have their friends and we have friends from other bands in that area that like they'll hang out with or go check out and go see at shows. Um, they're not hermits. Like they don't just go sit at home. All them and say, hello, we have a gig, right? Like they do things. Um, 
so it's it's certainly not like a, a one-man operation in terms of getting the, the word mm-hmm. out there i just like when it comes to online content i've just i have a more natural knack for it so i handle it or mo- you know most of it but they all have like their independent social medias that they still use to promote and then like i said they go out and they talk to people and shit like that it's hard to it's hard to get everybody on the same page sometimes like some of my members they kind of basically like hide <laughs> i mean they don't go out some of them got kids so it's like yeah and, no and i mean like it's, and to me like it's okay to not have all the hands in the pot it's okay you, you actually don't want all of the hands in the pot no, no you, you really do because if everyone's hands are in the pot that means everyone's brain is in the pot and everyone's brain is not on the same fucking page what right. you need is you need you need to just have communicate and defined roles for everybody and still open up dialogue whenever decisions need to be made that require a collective agreement. True. You know, I mean, that makes sense. Like we, we try yeah. to keep it that way. Just civilized, but you know, yeah, I think a lot of people look at a band as you have to be like best friends all the time. So you don't want to disagree with each other. Like, I, I am like I'm friends with the guys that I'm in the band with, right? Like Mike, Nelson, Javier, and I we're like we're friends. But when it comes to like certain decisions, like we have to approach it like like it's a business because we want it to be a business. You know what I mean? Like we want it to be able to be self sustaining and earn I, something. I don't know if it's, it's just me, but you keep cutting out. I don't know if Ed can hear you or not, but you're Ed, do I keep cutting, cutting out for you? You do keep cutting out. Okay. Oh. You, ha- you have for a bit, so I didn't know if like that was like a storm down there. Oh, or I mean the weather. You just did just now. Yeah, you just did yeah, again. You just did when you said you that. cut out for like two seconds at a time. Oh shit! I mean, I guess you can't help that. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's gotta be. Do? It's gotta be the weather. Yeah, just let me know and I can repeat whatever I'm saying. Um, fuck. Where was I? Uh, the hands in the pot. Your friends with the band. Oh yeah, like you can you, you you can be friends with everybody, but like when it comes to decision making, sometimes you you need to approach it from a business sort of viewpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes disagreeing is the correct thing to do, and like it's gonna upset somebody. But look at it as a personal thing. Look at it as a business thing. You know, there are certainly opportunities that we've we've turned down because it didn't make business sense for us to do it. Yeah regardless of how like maybe one specific person might have felt about that opportunity. Well, that's how, that's how, yeah, I've I felt that decision before. Yeah, or, and like the like, thing is like don't get bent out of shape about it. Right. You know, another opportunity will happen. Yeah, that's because... what yeah, that's usually what happens. I mean, I said something earlier about a certain place that we can't play cuz one member feels like he they don't um, want to play that but at the same time it's local to us and it's like, there's not much around here. And I, and the rest of them agree that it's more of like a business decision to play that place versus personal feelings. It's not like going to hurt the band for playing that, especially if anything it's probably hurting us not to play that place. But again, that's a whole different. It could be, it could. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and we play like, it's, it's sad because, we're from South Bend, but we don't really play in South Bend because there's not much opportunity. And the opportunity that is there, 
is not open <laughs> for us to play because of certain members. So it's like, and we know how people are. They're not going to, you know, it, it depends on who they are. They're not going to be motivated to drive the next town to see us. I don't anticipate that to happen. It'd be cool if most people are on that kind of page to do so. But and, yeah, I mean, I, I guess yeah. it just depends on, you know, how far in advance do they, do they know? How does the entire show look? Does, does it just look like your standard show or is there some sort of special draw for them to come out? Like right. if you make it an event, you can convince people to make the draw. Sure. I mean, we give everybody like a month ahead of time. A month. Yeah. If, if I, yeah. I mean, I'm not, not to say there's other places to play in the city because there is, and it, it's coming up. It, it'll probably come to us, but like, that's just an example of like how some people's feelings affect the business portion of it. What's good for the band. Yeah, no, I I understand yeah, that so, entirely. I mean, again, this whole podcast is about like, l- you know, lessons that everybody brings to the table, like yourself, your experiences. Yeah, you know? I throw my bullshit in, even though it's bullshit. But yeah. <laughs> conversation needs at least you know two or three people. So you That's know, true. It can't just be you asking me questions and me rapid fire responding. <laughs> that that'd be pretty boring to listen to. I know. That's that's how we uh, funk funk this place up here yeah so any other uh i guess you mentioned all the crazy things I mean, so I, far... yeah i was gonna say i don't really i mean other than some shows just being duds here and there um there's not much that i think i i really have have left in terms of like dark or seedy shit um you know, I had I had you know promoters trying not to pay you for shows like that's not anything new. No, it's like not. people have experienced that before. Um, shit, I, I guess I've been very fortunate, you know, in the last fifteen years of playing music, seventeen years of playing music, that I haven't had too much negative happen. I mean, I have one more thing that happened, but this is really just like, this would be like a band that I was in that did something shitty to me. It's not so much like a like a scene thing as like the specific thing that happened. But I mean, I was in a, I was in a band when I was in college. Right. And I just first started learning how to do like screaming vocals and uh, I wasn't very good at it. Like that's a fair, like it, I wasn't good at it yet. Cause I was still learning, yeah. uh, but I'd managed to get us booked at a gig at my college and uh, the gig paid 400 bucks. Right. So it was a hundred dollars per member of the band uh so actually it was 500 bucks right so 100 for each member was a five piece so we play the show and the next fucking day (laughs) they kicked me out of the band okay (laughs) so like they literally had made the decision they must have made the decision weeks before and just kept me around long enough to get paid hmm so like that's a shitty thing to do, right? Yeah. Like I'm not I'm not making that up. That's pretty shitty, right? I mean that no, that's shit. Like yeah. a warning a warning would be nice cuz Yeah. I mean I I mean I feel like if you're going to fire somebody, give them a good reason and maybe they can learn from their mistakes or maybe the band was a bunch of dicks. I don't know. Well, yeah, none of them play music anymore, so like, you know, jokes on them. I'm still having fun. But oh, well, I think I think go. it I think it has I think it's more so much the timing of it, right? Like I basically handed them a paycheck the night before and then they fired me the next day. Well, I mean yeah, yeah it's 
that's a pretty crummy way of doing it. I mean, things. you you were younger, right? So it's yeah, like, I mean, yeah, I was like younger 20. people make dumb decisions. I mean, yeah, nobody, nobody's smart around that age. So again, as you, as you said, shit, as there's you, people my age that aren't smart still, you know, that's same. But like, no, as you said, like they're not in bands no more. So obviously, like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, honestly, a couple years, you know, it stung for a wet, uh, uh, a little bit, but you know. Oh yeah, I mean, shit happens, right? I've had to kick people out before, but like, I wouldn't do it like that. <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we kicked the drummer out once. He was not getting along with another member, and he was young and experienced. I didn't want to do it, but I felt like as the older guy that I didn't think he would progress very well. And the fact he was getting into it with the other member, it's like, well, let's just find somebody else because there's a lot of tension there. Yeah. Sometimes the fit's not fucking good. Like it doesn't matter how good or bad someone is as a musician. If like they can't get along in the, in a group of people, like you're going to get fired from a job. If you can't work as a team, like uh, you got to look at some of these, like I said, business decisions. It's not personal. Like sometimes, hey, like every time you're around, you always put everybody on edge. Like you're always negative. Like, hey, we need to move on from you because you're not. <laughs> it's not working out. But that reminds me. The funny part is the member who's fighting with. He usually fights with other people. So it's like, I can't kick that member out. But it's like I had to warn him. I'm like, you need to quit acting that way too, because then like it rubs other people wrong. Yeah. And in I mean, a way, I... like so, it's kind of both of their faults. What happened there? But like. You know, a, 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 the younger one, he just was, he just, something about the young ones. They just don't want to listen anyway. Well, it depends. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like when I had to, this many, many years ago, one of my old bands, like not only was the, like the drummer, you know, one of the only drummers I knew, but he was also like one of my best friends at the time. But mm-hmm. I had realized over the past couple of years that I had known him and hung out with him, like, I had gotten progressively more negative towards people and I was like always on edge and I was always kind of like snapping at people. And I realized that like being around that drummer, like as a person, like gave me anxiety. And like, I would, I would, I went from enjoying hanging out with him to like dreading hanging out with him. Mm. So like, not only did like, I basically dissolved the band. Cause at that point it was like him, me and like one other guy that didn't really give a shit either way. Um, but as friends, like I dissolved the entire friendship. I was like, Hey, listen, like every time I'm around you, I'm in a negative mood. Like I, we just can't be friends anymore. Like <laughs> enjoy, like, I'm sorry, but like, bye. And uh, I have not, I have not spoken to that person in almost eight years. As they say, cut the negative people out of your life. I got in, I got so much more positive. Like I started feeling better. I started treating people better. Like, it certainly helped me turn around like some of the negative parts of my mid twenties, you know? Mm. Um, so like I'd write a, like a lot of what we write is about making decisions like that, actually. So like, I'm not sure if you guys got a chance to listen to any of our music, but a lot of it's like very introspection relate uh, related and like trying to be a better person, not in like mm. any sort of spiritual way, but like in like a practical way, if someone's negative in your life, like, cut them out if you're able to so like we have songs that are about removing toxicity and appreciating yourself and looking for your you know looking inwards to find like positivity or motivation and blah 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 all of that stuff like a lot of it's based on like some of those experiences like where i had to 
remove people from my life or move on from certain things or overcome some sort of fear or whatever. But I still haven't gotten to write a song about the fucking fleas, though. Oh, God. I just wanted to remind you of that one more time so you could get the creepy crawlies. No, I'd feel on the side of my face. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, check your back, too. Like your lower back. Uh, I'm sure they're there. They're on my back hairs all starting a colony. No, like, uh, (laughs) no, I was thinking about what you said. Like, I was like, I wonder if I'm the negative one in my band. Like, because I'm usually the, I'm next to the oldest one, but I'm more bossy. But I don't like being bossy. I just like, hey, it's like, we should have goals here you know like we should not waste time every time we get together because we only have so much limited time and yeah i mean that's one of the things that um the distance between myself and the rest of the guys has kind of forced us into doing is that every moment that we are physically together is precious because it doesn't happen every week no So like when we get together for shows, like we have to have a photographer, we have to have like some sort of videographer if we can, like we have to try and have whatever sort of in-person conversations we need to have in terms of like what we want to do over the next month or two months or six months, because like we're not getting together every single week to having these discussions. And we have to set aside time because we have to jump on something like Zoom, right? And have this sort of conversation. It's not like I can just pop up at practice and spend 30 minutes while we're setting up talking about this shit so like having having making making goals and things like that is super important um for for any band and making sure you put away time for that is super important but also like there's a difference between being the boss and being an asshole so like you said like you sometimes have to make decisions like you're you know you said bossy but i'm just gonna hear that as the word boss right you can be in charge and not be a dick i don't want to be in charge that's the thing but if I yeah. feel like if somebody somebody doesn't be a little more uh, straightforward and things but, don't get Yeah, done. I was going to say somebody has to be assertive, right? I don't somebody, want to, though. Like, yeah. I, I just know, like, but if somebody doesn't, it's going to sit by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, shit, there's, I definitely didn't want to be the leader of, of you know, not, I don't want to say leader. That's the wrong word. I definitely didn't want to be band dad four years ago when we started this band. No, nobody does. It, but but it, just ha- it just happened yeah. that way because someone has to do it right yeah i had a actually another question that we kind of asked our viewer or viewers our guests do you have a basis and drummer problem in your area like lack of them <laughs> um yeah 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 it's everywhere i mean uh... yeah i just think um i think drums is such a expensive instrument that it can keep a lot of people from starting to play until a little bit later I would, I would think, yeah, I don't think it's expensive. It's just the idea that it's so noisy that the parents were like, well, but no, I mean, I can get, I can get a guitar for $100 at a pawn shop. Right. Right. I can't get a full fucking drum set for a hundred dollars at a pawn shop. No. And maybe, and if I, yeah, yeah. maybe there's expenses, but yeah. I so like, like your basic starter kit for drums is what three, 400 bucks. Right. And then that comes with your, your kick, your snare, maybe like a tom or two yeah, no and then symbols. you yeah it doesn't come and doesn't come with symbols right so then that's another two to three hundred dollars and i'm talking like if you're getting like bargain bin pawn shop thrift store like starter material right nothing wrong with getting that stuff to learn but at that point you're already in five to seven hundred dollars 
I got a guitar for a hundred dollars and I bought an amp for 50 bucks at a, at a pawn shop. Right. So for $150, I'm playing guitar for $600. You're playing a, a drum set. And then of course the loudness, right? Yep. You have to have, you have to have a place to, to practice drums. Um, bass, I think just people forget that it's important so they don't learn it. <laughs> no, but Actually, bass, what, bass is important. Yeah, it is important. But that's funny. You said that I went to a pawn shop because I was looking for a cheap like guitar, and like they're not cheap there. Like none of this shit is cheap, and most of it's fucking junk. But they like mark it up so high, and I'm like, why is this so expensive? That's, I mean, it's part of the economy lately. But like, it's very it depressing. Sucks. It's very depressing in the in the, in the pawn shops. It's like, man, all these people like had dreams and jobs, and now they're selling this shit for like nothing, and they walk away with money for less than what they wanted. Yeah. Very yeah, sad. I could yeah. feel the, I could feel the, just the depression in the room. <laughs> yeah. It's best not to think about some things though. Yeah. Certainly, certainly best to try not to think about some of those things, but yeah, it can be, uh, it could be depressing if you, if you look at a pawn shop and be like, man, someone bought this guitar because they wanted to learn how to play and they ended up having to sell it because they probably had to you know pay rent or whatever. Right. And like, Sometimes they go and look for treasures, but then when you realize they just mark them up higher, then you could probably get them somewhere else. And like, that's true. Oh, this place is dirty. It's also depressing and dirty at the same time. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Kind of like going to a strip club. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Brandon, you still alive? What we got? We got. I think we can probably wrap this one up. We got. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What we typically do is we ask the guest if they have a song that they would like for us to feature at the end of each episode. So if there's anything that you have, okay, you can email it to me as a MP3 or WAV file. Okay. And we can get it added. So if there's something that you're yeah, yeah. thinking I'll, of, I'll sh- you can go ahead and talk about it right now so they yeah. can have an understanding of what it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so we just put out a brand new single at the uh, end of March and uh, I'm sorry, the end of April um, called Structures. It's uh, one of the song, one of the first few songs that uh, we we really wrote in this kind of long distance writing model where I would come up with ideas, shoot them down. They'd send me uh, ideas back and we'd workshop long distance. But the song just came out uh, not too long ago. It's certainly our uh I don't want to say like it's our heaviest song because that seems like such a cliche thing for people to say, but it <laughs> is our heaviest song. Like, like objectively look at some of our older material and then look at this. This is certainly our heaviest song um, to date. Uh, it definitely has some interesting riffs and ideas in it. Uh, the music video also just dropped not too long ago as well, but uh, I'm going to shoot it over to you guys. So you guys can check it out. It's called Structures. We have a few more songs ready for release this year. So if you're listening uh, all the way through, like congratulations, because this was a long chit chat about fleas and iguanas and shit like that. But, uh, you know, follow Dark Side of the Scene and follow Royal Hearts FL everywhere. And uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Hell yeah. Awesome. Well, again, we appreciate you coming out and talking with us tonight. Thank you. And it's been a great time. Yeah, lots of fun. Thank lots you guys. Of, lots of lizards mm-hmm. and fucking fleas. Ugh. If we had the lizards when we went to go see the fleas, the lizards would have eaten the fleas. Like next if time, I, 
if yeah. I was going to play Ed's game and I didn't know what you already looked like, I would have guessed you look like the son from the Sopranos, AJ, or Turtle from Entourage. <laughs> I don't think I look like either one of those guys, though. Yeah. No. Uh, so the one person I don't think, that people... I, I, I don't the, think you do either, but your voice just, that's what I picture. The, it's, the one, it's the New York thing. The one person that people have said I looked like that actually makes sense, um, I'm going to put him in the chat so you can see him. <laughs> Hang on. Let's save this image real quick. Save the image. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to drop it in the chat. So I didn't know if that it, even Ed even seen the chat when I dropped those pictures in there. No, he said he did, yeah? I think he said he did. Uh, he did. Yeah, I've never seen a lizard like that. I guess I don't All look right. for him. But yeah, this is the one person that I can see <laughs> where people are coming from. Jack Black. No, no that's not Jack Black. That's, that's uh, an actor. His name is Emil Hirsch. Oh yeah, that is Emil. He was in the movie The Girl Next Door back in two thousand four. Mm. I just watched yeah. him in a movie recently with the. Uh... What the hell's that guy's name? Oh, he was in he was in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This was yeah. a movie where him and his dad were like autopsy people and they had like the body they had was like a haunted possessed body. I forget what the fuck it was called. I think that literally is just called like is that the autopsy of Jane Doe? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I've seen that one time. I've seen that one that's time. That's the one that's the one person people are like, Hey, you've looked like him, and I'd be like, Okay, I guess I can see it. <laughs> just say you are. So I, that photo I guess you said, I, it looked like a young Jack Black at first. Yeah, I, I mean, I've right. gotten that before, but like I get Jack Black too. I hate it. It happens. Yeah. It happens. But like, go look at a video of of us playing. Be like, yeah, I can kind of see the Emil Hirschness. I'm not <laughs> as tall as him. I'm five three, but like you oh. know. Ed always sends me pictures of people that he thinks looks like me. I was like, thanks, St- Stephen King's yeah. son. You look like Stephen King's son. That's close. Stephen one. King's son. Yeah. Does does man? I guess I don't know. I used to look just like my father, so <laughs> that helps. I mean, yeah. you're not the mailman, son. No. <laughs> and then my daughter looks a lot like me. My son's starting to, so can't deny them either. <laughs> yeah. Mailman's. Huh. Well. All right, guys. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was a fun Thanks conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Yep, you we've had a lot of fun talking with you tonight. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You guys enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. All and right, anyone out our... there? Um, yep. Anyone no, out there ahead. still listening? I was just gonna say, uh, you can send an email to Brandon at darksideofscene.com. We'll get you scheduled on a future episode. All right. But, Thanks, guys. Yep. Take care.